0: welcome to a new episode of PR 360, and I'm your host, Brett Deister. And if you could please subscribe to PR 360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and leave a review, let us know how we're doing, and it does help with the rankings as well. But this week, we have a really interesting person in the mobile industry He's worked for Verizon. He's worked for other companies, but he's mainly in that space, and we're really happy to have him, and his name is Howard Waterman, and he's going to explain a little bit about himself. We're going to give him his little elevator pitch so we can explain to you fully what he does, but we're actually really excited to actually have him, so welcome to the show, Howard. Hey, thanks for having me, Brett. And so can you give us like a brief introduction to what you've done and what your expertise is in?
1: Sure. I started out my career as a radio journalist. I went into PR. It was was a very obvious next move for me. And I've had the pleasure of working at one of the top U.S. technology brands, Verizon, for several years and working in several senior-level communications roles, really growing with the business and just learning so much about network technology and innovation. And I'm here today to talk about all things PR and to hopefully help people out. I have to ask some questions around things along the lines of 5G, what's going on from a PR comms working perspective, things of that nature.
0: All right. And the first question I ask all my guests is Are you a coffee or tea drinker? Gee. Mm, do you have any favorites that you like, like black tea, green tea, Earl Grey?
1: Yeah, I really like, really like green tea with honey. I've just never acquired a taste for coffee. I'm the only one in my family that
0: doesn't. Well, coffee can be acquired taste, but also it's the way it's brewed. I'm. I used to be a barista, so I know all the different things. That's a whole different uh, topic for a podcast. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I could probably go on for hours about brewing coffee and what to get and what not to get and try to avoid Starbucks as much as you can. But even I go to Starbucks. (laughs) Got it. But anyways, moving on to we've all heard about 5G. 5G this, 5G that. It's all supposed to be awesome. But what kind of benefits should we expect from getting 5G?
1: Brett, that's a great question. 5G will be transformational. Let me give you a few examples. We're talking about the factory of the future with autonomous robots and forklifts. We're talking about remote medicine. So imagine this having the ability to send video of a patient back to the ER from an ambulance while you're heading to the hospital. That could be life saving. Immersive retail experience. Imagine walking down the aisle of your favorite grocery store and being able to get ingredient information on your device. And this could be especially key for those with food allergies. So those are just three quick examples of the power of 5G. And it goes way beyond just faster download speeds on smartphones.
0: Oh, but that's all I care about. No, just kidding. No, it actually does seem interesting. I know a lot of people are just like, 5G, it must be faster download speeds. I mean, it, it really depends.
1: There are so many factors there. But when you look at things like millimeter wave spectrum, which most people may not have heard about, it's a shorter wave, it's a higher on the spectrum that, than your typical wireless phone is now. So the wave's shorter, but it, it has massive bandwidth, which creates these super high speeds and low latency type of applications where you're taking the cloud and moving it closer to the customer. And so that round trip of data is much shorter, and that creates some really interesting things and in applications that you're going to see coming out soon.
0: Mm-hmm. And for the education-wise, since every new G, there's always that conspiracy theory about it's going to cause cancer and blah, blah, blah. But what is the best education tool for people to actually understand what 5G is in general?
1: Well, I'll give you three quick options. One is getting a 5G device and just learning, playing with it and learning on your own. That's always typically a really good way to go. Another way is to check out the business and technology media. They're constantly writing about 5G, so you can check out the latest coverage. t a good example. There are many others. Third option is the Wireless Trade Association's website. cTIA.org, is a good resource as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And in 2021, or at least last year, we saw a rise in home offices, basically. Like everybody was working from home, all their virtual offices and everything. So how different will it be for a working environment from that perspective?
1: Well, it certainly looks at this point early in 2021 that this year will look a lot like last year, right? Many companies and organizations are following the progress of the COVID-19 vaccine distribution plans. Uh, And it certainly feels like we're going to continue to be in the work from home model for some time. So what does that mean for communications professionals? Well, a couple of things I would think. One is to continue to work productively from home. I think Many communication teams, I would argue, if you look back at 2020, proved really well to be very productive and resilient in this COVID environment in terms of being able to be productive while working from home. With the media continuing to streamline jobs and newsrooms, relationships continue to be critical, right? That's so important for the comms professional. And we need to be crisper than ever on our communication strategies and media pitches, and be very strategic on messaging and hitting on the right media targets for lots of obvious reasons. And I would argue the rule number one in any communication is know your audience. And that is more true than ever in the pandemic.
0: All right. And will we see from internet service providers or even 5g allowing better speeds from people working from home? Because I mean, we've talked before, before you even started the podcast that we're making sure our bandwidth isn't overloaded. So Are we going to see more plans for that? Are we going to see like the home infrastructure be better because businesses aren't actually in their offices anymore? Are we going to see more of that or is it just going to be business as usual?
1: I think you've seen tremendous change from the internet provider perspective with the work from home model starting back in March of last year. And there there had to be a lot of quick movement around, okay, how do we shift? network capacity to serve the differences where customers are, right? So you saw a lot of uh, difference shifted in in network usage from, for example, New York City to the suburbs, similar like that around the country. And so I think uh, there's been some time now that's gone by, obviously, where the various providers have had a chance to adapt to that. Uh, You've also seen uh, carriers launch home broadband services. So that's another option, both 4G and 5G. So you may want to take a look at that. But I think I think there'll be more options, not less, not fewer, moving forward, because providers understand where the usage is going to be probably for a long time.
0: All right. And what are you hearing about in terms of hiring a PR professionals during the pandemic?
1: Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> lots of changes there. So the two things, two things to share, I think. One is. For those looking for internal promotions, the pandemic might bring good news, believe it or not. Executive recruiters have told me recently that many companies prefer to promote from within, especially for senior-level roles. The other thing to think about is for those looking for work or new opportunities, keep in mind the work-from-home model is a good thing from this standpoint, among others. A number of recruiters have told me recently that companies are more open than ever to hiring people to work remote. So this means you could widen your job search geographically. For example, companies in California, say, where you're based, would typically require you to work in the state. They seem to be relaxing that approach given the pandemic. So they could widen their pool of candidates. And so you might be able to land a great job and still live on the East
0: Coast, for example, and have a a an alleged office location out west. Nice. And for like the PR pros, should they be looking to do other things like I got into podcasting by myself, I decided to do it by myself. And so that's how I ended up here. Should they actually be looking to widen their skill sets, especially if they're working from home anyways, or trying to find a job from home mostly?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, with the pandemic, uh, it's just a great example of the importance of having a skill in issues management and crisis communication. So that's something that is obviously front and center in the pandemic for any business, any organization. So if you don't have that skill, it would be certainly wise to find a way to acquire it, even if you offer to do special projects at work or volunteer things of that nature. The other thing is I think companies are much more willing to hire and on a consulting basis. I found that I'm working with two different clients that I started this month and. I think it's probably easier if you're looking for work to go the consulting route than find a full-time job in the pandemic for many reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're a huge fan of the drive-by, as it's called, but what is it and how can you do things differently?
1: Brett, you got to love the drive-by. You know, one of the downsides of COVID, I would argue, is not being in the office, right? You know, it's the lack of face-to-face interaction that we all like and crave. So Let me give you a good example. I've always found that drive-by meetings, in other words, when you just swing by an executive's office—not a scheduled meeting—swing by or see a colleague, you know, as you're grabbing a cup of coffee or on the way, to, way to the cafeteria, you know, those conversations are a great way to get things done. You know, you might be waiting on a reply to an email or feedback from an executive on a suggestion, and just going and doing the old drive-by. I found over time is a very effective tool. So obviously now that we're all at home and on video calls all day, we need to think about how we can replace that quick communications opportunity that I found really works well. So Slack or its equivalent could be a good way to go. And plus, obviously, just old-fashioned outreach and setting up a video call is a way to go too. But the drive-by, I think, is critical. I think people miss it working from home.
0: Yes, I feel like everybody misses just being with people in person. Virtual's great and all, but I think there's been kind of like a, but I want to go back to events. I want to go back to just going to someone's desk or whatever. So yeah. can that actually really work with just Slack or anything? I know you can do it a little bit with video calls, but is there anything else that people can actually do to facilitate a different drive by, I guess that's the best way of saying it.
1: Yeah. I mean, text is a good way to go as well. The short first Hey, can you please take a look at that news release? I sent you with a speech really could use your thoughts on the strategic comms plan or the crisis communication stuff, that we talked about, things of that nature. Um, So I I think text is a good way to go as well. We'll just pick up the phone and call, believe it or not.
0: Nice. And what are the three key words when coaching executives for media interviews? What are they and why? That's a good question, Brett.
1: i found over time that the three key words that really works for executives is the word pause and the word or phrase for example so obviously you want to make reporters care about the conversation you're having with them and cut through the clutter to get your message across so using anecdotes and data driven sound bites are huge i've found that coaching executives to pause during an interview allows the reporter to digest the message and also provides an important opportunity for the exec to gather his or her thoughts, and get ready to articulate the next thought. I've really found this approach in these three words to be very important to a successful interview. I've also found that the technique of bridging, and we've seen for years how politicians are so good at getting to their message and their narrative, regardless of what the reporter asks them or interviewer asks them, getting your key messages during an interview, regardless of a question, is really critical to reinforce point is, you can answer the question, but you don't just answer the question. It's so easy to get engrossed in a conversation, and it's really important to stress to an executive, hey, a media interview is not a typical conversation. You want to be able to tell your story. Years ago, one of the Secretary of State for this great country, Henry Kissinger, he used to open his news conferences by asking a really interesting question. Who has questions from my answers? Think about that for a second. If you think about it, that's the approach to take their immediate interviews, right? Because an interview with a reporter, like I said, is not the typical conversation. You're there because you want to get your point across, your narrative, you want to get a positive story about your, your organization, your business, and your client. And it's critical to reinforce that with executives. Because, like I said, you get into an engrossing conversation and it goes by in five minutes and you realize, oh, I didn't get my message across. Just a couple of thoughts I think are worth sharing with other, other conference professionals.
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, even speaking about media interviews, it seems like nowadays a lot of PR pros can take most of that messaging and make it their own with live streaming and videos and using their own social media platforms. Is that going to be the new norm going forward? Are we going to be seeing less of PR pros relying on those media contacts or are we going to be seeing more of a mix and a balance?
1: I think it's going to be a mix and a balance so critical to have strong relationships with the media certainly within your organization uh, with your colleagues for collaboration with subject matter experts with executives but i think you're going to see more and more technology that's one one of the the impacts i think of the pandemic i mean i've seen many companies use instagram live to talk directly to, to their customers linkedin live is another example facebook live has been around much longer obviously but all of those social media platforms give you the opportunity to reach your audience in unique ways. I think you're going to see more of that for sure.
0: Gotcha. And do you think VR will actually help that a little bit more moving forward? Maybe not everybody will be able to be in the same room and there might be a little bit more precautions moving forward. Do you think VR will make virtual press rooms and all that stuff? Or are we kind of going to go back to in-person because we all miss people?
1: I think it's a combination of things. I would think, and I'm curious what you think, that most people would say, Hey, I miss being in the office with of my colleagues, but I really don't miss the five days of commuting. So I would suggest that most people would say two or three weeks would be plenty, if not, if not less. But I think most people would like to get back to, to that thought, but in that model, I mean, it's possible you're never going to see that model again in some ways. I would think commercial real estate is if you own it, I mean, you're probably thinking, oh boy, because given that many people around the globe have proven they they can be productive in this pandemic by working remotely, you're probably going to see smaller office space and things of that nature. But I think regardless, to answer your question, I think there'll be more use of virtual and social media platforms because it's a great way to go and it's it's been proven.
0: Yes. I mean, I don't mind VR. I think VR still has a long way to go, especially if we're speaking just in VR terms and the price point of it. I do think that it has a role in events specifically because virtual events have just not been that great. Still, people are still trying to figure it out, but VR still has some. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I still think VR still has some time to grow and mature a little bit. I don't think it's there yet, even though it's not that new, it's still new ish.
1: Yeah, I mean, the next generation, I'm sure, will be phenomenal.
0: I also think that AR and VR will just be the same thing and that we'll just more have mixed reality because I think that's actually more of the future than just straight VR.
1: Yep, and that's that's one place where 5G comes into play because with VR, if you have a lag or a latency and you've got those goggles on and you're, you're moving your head around, you can very easily get, get nauseous and sick If it's behind or if there's a lag time, that's where 5G is going to be critical the low latency application. That's one of the examples we talked
0: about. Yeah, I mean, cloud gaming is the other thing that really needs to help with 5G and low latency right now because I've tested out that stuff and it's just not there yet with 4G, but 5G I think would actually help catapult that. But I'm wondering what other things that will help out in the future. I know you talked about a little bit about 5G and what else will help out, but it seems like 5G will finally help with probably making Microsoft Teams and all that stuff less of a, Bandwidth hog and make it more seamless and probably help with the audio and video at the same time.
1: Well, you know, bandwidth is important for sure, and uh, especially now. I mean, I can say from my my just my experience where you and I are talking now, my wife's a few rooms away on a work call. My daughter is in high school doing remote learning, pretty much five days a week now, and so the bandwidth is critical. I think there'll be options for that to to make that better as we talked about earlier.
0: All right. And so what are the key, any key trends in wireless we should know about in 2021? Boy,
1: key trends are always interesting to follow, aren't they? I'd argue one is virtualizing networks. So the industry has had a much greater focus on software and less on proprietary hardware and much more on using vendor agnostic hardware. This all means faster-to-market innovation, which is important to, obviously, uh, wireless providers providing the services and for their customers. Check out phrases like VRAN or OpenRAN. And R-A-N, RAN, stands for Radio Access Network, which is just another term for wireless networks. But that's a, a major trend because virtualizing those networks and more reliance on software really expedites the deployment of new technology and innovation.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited just to see more innovation in that way (laughs) in general. Oh, sure. But uh, if you could create 6G and what speed would you make it and what other features would you have in it?
1: 6G, wow. I mean, the industry just started deploying 5G last year. How about the speed of thought and in terms of features – Man, I'd love to have some technology do my laundry or pay for my son's tuition at car paying.
0: Is that an option? Sure. Why not? I mean, it's it's your answer. <laughs> uh, if only we could have everything just automatically pay for us and we don't have to pay for anything. It just magically money appears. Money tree. Anyways, any final thoughts for our listeners?
1: Look, I really appreciate you taking the time to let me talk to you today. I think we'll all look back at these crazy times with amazement. Critical that we take care of ourselves in this environment. So, obviously, I'm quite thankful for my family and friends and just hoping that we all can stay healthy. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Yes, thank you for joining PR360. Really appreciate you telling us all about 5G and what we're hoping to expect from it when it eventually rolls out and everything else. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music review let us know how we're doing really helps with the search as well and join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the pr industry all right guys stay safe read up about 5g and see you next week later